Hello! Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. Today, uh, we're finishing our Empowered Message series and recognizing that uh, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave now lives within those that have given their lives to Jesus Christ. And he's working in us and empowering us Um, not for religious things, but for real things, real life. And so, uh, you know, it's a good reminder that that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that buildings are not what it's about, but it's about people. The holy place is now people. And so uh, we've talked about all kinds of different ways that the Holy Spirit uh, empowers us, but then today's Pentecost Sunday. So we look at the birth of the church, uh, where God poured out his spirit upon the early followers that, that trusted in Jesus as Savior. And, um, and so it was a new thing that God was doing, a new age. And so uh, let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. You can turn in a Bible or app or it'll be up on the screen here. But let's read about this day. Uh, it says, uh, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So it's talking about uh, about 120 people, the first disciples. Uh, first group of disciples. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, "Um, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Pergia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. You know, uh, the Bible's so honest. Uh, You know, it's just so honest. So what are the elements of Pentecost? You may be familiar with this, or you may be the first time hearing it or reading it. What were the elements of this birthday of the church? Well, first is promise. So all the way from the Old Testament, God promised that there would be a time where all people could be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, Think about it this way, that the life of God would now live in people. Uh, that it wouldn't be just the special people like the prophet, priests, and kings of the Old Testament, but that all people that wanted God's life would actually uh, be filled with God's life. And for us, or the early people, that seems just amazing concept, but that's actually what we were made for. We were actually made to uh, to, to be filled with the Spirit of God. We we're actually made to be in communion with God. And so it's just restoring the way we were supposed to be. And so there's promises in the New Testament. Jesus said, hey, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit or someone that's like me. 
and he will do these things. He'll remind you of the things I've said and he'll guide you and comfort you. And so uh, he also told his first disciples when he left, uh, he ascended to heaven. Um, and I know all this stuff. It, maybe you've heard this, you're hearing this for the first time. Crazy stuff, right? I mean, somebody dies, they, they go in the grave, they, they, ri- they rise from the dead and, and then all of a sudden they ascend to heaven while people are watching. But isn't that God? I mean, isn't that God? We look at all of this stuff as like supernatural, which it is, but God is just natural. And so all this stuff happens. Jesus ascends to heaven and, and then what he says to his disciples right before, he's like, one last thing. You all know enough to be dangerous. And so I want you to do something. I want you to wait. And so they waited for 10 days and they gathered in this upper room and there's probably about 120 of them that were kind of the core of the followers of Jesus at this time. And so you may have promises in your life. You know, maybe some of them come from God, maybe them come from others. Maybe they're things that you just sense and they're, they're promises. And you, you have some that people have made and they haven't followed through. People have let you down. Maybe you feel like God's let you down today. Like he's promised something and it didn't turn out right. Um, but the promise of God for the Holy Spirit, we, we see come through here. And so, but you can feel the, the expectation of, of God doing what he would do. And so we all end up in these times of waiting, right? Um, you know, uh, they're in between times. You know, think of the stages of life, right? You, you're, you know, you get around six or so, you're kind of fully formed person. Michelle and I, all of our boys are home right now. One's usually away at college and one's getting ready to go to college and, and the youngest one is gonna take over for the next two years. And uh, last night we were playing cards and they reverted to the six-year-old, four-year-old and two-year-old selves. It was weird. And, and uh, I mean, they just, why? Well, that's because they're still the same people. And so you have young ages like that and then you have young adolescents and then you get up into teen years and it's this, you know, this waiting, gosh, I, I know enough and I know I'm smarter than my parents, but for some reason they're not letting me do things. And, you know, and then you get into 18 and 18 to like 23 or so, or 22, 24 is like this curios time, the Bible calls it. It calls a curios time as like a, a full time, an important time, you know, where you're really being formed and then you launch into life. But you may have waiting times in your life where you're really longing for something. You're longing for God to do something. You're longing, you have a medical condition. You're longing for God to heal you. You're longing to, uh, you know, find maybe your spouse or you're, you're longing for maybe shame to be out of your life. Maybe you're longing for fear to be out of your life or anxiety. But you're longing for something. You're waiting upon God. And so all of that falls into these people. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit. They were waiting for the life of God to come in their lives. So promise was an element. Waiting was an element. But then experience. You know, uh, I grew up on uh, some acreage out in central California. And um, we we were irreligious people. We weren't against religion. We weren't against God. We just didn't do anything with them, you know, like formally or or no Christians or people. But there was a few times where my brother and I, there was like groves of trees out on our property and, and uh, we had an encounter with God. 
Uh, we couldn't explain it. We didn't tell our parents, definitely. You know, we're just, what is going on? Uh, but, but then both of us, in a few years later, as teenagers, we met Jesus through friends in the public school that just shared Jesus with us. I met Jesus at a vineyard church in, in San Luis Obispo, California. And I went, on a, I went on a retreat people invited me on, and, and I didn't really put together what I was hearing from them in, about Jesus with what I experienced, God's presence, as a young boy until this retreat. And uh, there's one night, people just playing worship, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they, they did like what we're doing today. Come Holy Spirit, and if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good, and, you know, accepting my life. And, and at that point, all of a sudden, God's presence, you know, uh, just I, I experienced God's presence. And in that moment, it was like the weight that I was carrying around because I was, I was hurting. Uh, I was carrying, I didn't know what to do with a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of disappointments. Um, and at that moment, like all of that weight left and it just, it felt like God just wrapped his arms around me. And all of a sudden at that point, it was like, oh, that's you. What my brother and I experienced in these moments where I see, and he showed me all these moments. And so is his presence. And so we're to experience God's presence. We're to experience him. It's not just this mental, but we're to experience him within our senses. That's how he made us. And so in verse two, what we read, we see that, is that suddenly a sound, right? They heard something like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. And what did it do? there was this sense that it filled the whole house, this place that they were in. And uh, verse three, they, were, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. So they're, now their sight is engaged. That separated and came to rest on each of them. So they sensed like a resting of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, 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 maybe this was more intense or whatever. I didn't see tongues of fire, but that's what I experienced. I feel like a, a resting of God's presence uh, when I met Jesus. And it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues uh, as the Spirit enabled them. So they experienced something with God. And, and if you look at this, and you may be saying, well, this is weird, you know, right now. And that, that's okay. I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I've been following after Jesus for, uh, you know, for a while, um, 30 years plus, 30 years plus now. And, and I will tell you, um, God is different, but isn't that good? Isn't that good that God doesn't fit into our categories? He's supernatural, but it's really natural. It's really the real thing. Uh, you know, but think about it this way. Um, if you're not one that's prone to feel like you experience God's presence or, um, I mean, think about the things we do. Like we may, we or you or I may eat food. Like if we've had a good day, we reward ourselves with food. It makes us feel a certain way. Or if we've had a bad day, you know, we may eat certain food because it makes us feel a certain way. Or, you know, uh, you may have a time in your life or you may have a time in your life now where uh, you take in a substance or alcohol because it makes you feel a different way. It, it changes your personality. and makes you feel a different way. So is it that strange then that when God's presence is felt by people that we would feel a different way. When 
all the other highs or all the other feelings that we go to for things is just a counterfeit. I mean, doesn't that describe our state that we really need God's presence, that we need a savior, that we have all these different ways of putting stuff into us or doing certain things to feel differently? And yet the Holy Spirit says, hey, what if you were just filled with me? What if I can make you feel differently? So the shame and the fear and the, uh, the condemnation and all of the, the anxiety, what if those things, what if I can take over? And so what's happening at Pentecost is you really see a transition of the old covenant work of the Holy Spirit, which was limited to special people, what you see in the Old Testament before Christ. And then in the New Testament, what was promised where absolutely everybody that trusts in Jesus for salvation would be filled with the Spirit of God. And just a note, style is not the Spirit. God knows you intimately and you'll experience his presence the way he made you. And he's able to communicate with you in a way. So just get that out of our heads. You know, it's not about being like somebody when they experience the Holy Spirit. It's about you experiencing the love of of the one that loves you. And so um, it was also the personalization of this feast that was happening called Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest. Uh, See, uh, remember, uh, like when we take communion once a month, we're, we're doing what Jesus did at Passover. So Jesus internalized and personalized Passover, right? He said, now this celebration that was about actually salvation and freedom and actually protection, Jesus embodied and said, now take this bread, which is my body, and take this drink, which is my blood, and do it in remembrance of me. He personalized, um, uh, he personalized uh, Passover. Now the Holy Spirit, and then all the people that would trust in Jesus forever would now personalize the Feast of Weeks or Harvest. Pentecost means 50, 50 days of harvest, the last days of the harvest, a celebration of what, what God had done. And, um, and it was a celebration in Jerusalem. Everybody would travel there, Jews that were dispersed all over the world. They would travel there. It was a great time of unity. Uh, it was a great time of presence that you would see people that you love and you'd feel differently. Uh, it was a time of harvest and celebration. It was a time of remembrance, a time of thanksgiving, and a time of power. And so... The um, Pentecost is now personalized with the Holy Spirit and with us that, that God would now be joined with people in that way. The other thing that happened on Pentecost was salvation. And so a little bit later on, we see that 3,000 people got saved that day. 3,000 people went from 120 to 3,000. All the people like, what's going on? What does this mean? And so... We can read about that in verse 36 of Acts 2. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. Now wait, you didn't, maybe you didn't know, but it talks about you here. And for all who are far off. Yeah, that's me and you. 
all who are far off, this is for you and for all whom the Lord our God will call. Isn't that amazing? It speaks of you and I in here. Now, you, you may have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And to be sure, it's a surrendering and then it's a surrendering again and again and again. But it's a receiving of salvation. And maybe you've never received salvation. You may have been going to church your whole life. But you've been partaking in the religion of Christianity, but you've never brought your will to him and said, I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. I can't get myself together. I I need you. I, I can't make myself right. I need your gift of salvation, God. Maybe you haven't done that. Today's a great day for that. Pentecost, the beginning of the church. Maybe you'd do that today. Maybe you're tired of of being in the driver's seat and you want God to do that. Lastly, something to consider is that uh, the Bible speaks a whole lot less about getting you and I to heaven than it does about getting heaven into us. And yet it seems that everybody seems to talk about getting into heaven. When actually, you know, if heaven's a club and you, you, you know, you need to be able to have something to get into the club. Uh, they're going to check and see if heaven is already in you. Because it's about God's spirit living in you. Right? I mean, everything, read it, read the Bible through that light. Instead of like, how do I get to heaven? But like, it's all about like, I mean, look at Jesus, God coming to us, God taking on flesh and a body coming to us, heaven coming down, Jesus teaching us to pray. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that the kingdom comes first inside people and then works its way out. And so I wanted to pray this prayer over you and then we're gonna go back into worship. Um, and we're going to um, continue to lean into God's spirit. But here's what I would encourage you. We experience God through our emotions. That is the, the highway or the freeway that we travel on with God. And so as we go back into worship, connect with God through your emotions. Open your heart to him. Uh, ask him to fill you with his spirit. Um, if you have things that are in the way, if you've never given your life to Christ, just ask him, say, I receive your gift of salvation today, Jesus. I trust in you. If you have sin in your life, things that are damaging to you and to other people, um, you know, if you've found yourself lately gossiping a lot or, or slandering others or just you're constantly talking about others and it causes unrest in you, tell God that today and say, you know, Lord, I just lay that down. And I just give you my heart. And just, so whatever it is, you know, just as we go into worship, just give that to him and then say, Lord, would you replace that space where that thing was with your spirit now? And so I want to pray this over you. Why don't you stand and then we'll go back into worship. But Paul wrote this to the Ephesians in chapter three, verse 16 of his letter to Ephesians, people just like you and I. And he prayed this blessing over them. And so put yourself in a place of just receiving. Put yourself in a place of what does God want for me? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power 
through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.